Act One, Kings of the Hill. Scene One, a long-expected party. Chantelpiece City on Tuscarora Mountain, Frigg's Day, Nones, afternoon, 24th of March, 1283, eve of the Feast of the Annunciation, New Year's Eve. As the sun warms the afternoon high in the sequoia treetops, the sweet scent of pine begins to fill the spring air. Red-breasted robins and blue jays flutter in closer to squawk out the tingling tones of their thrill. On this festive day, throngs of well-dressed elves gather in the amphitheater to listen to an odd Christian preacher. The wood elves are curious, but the high elves of Shentlepiece City just want to get the New Year's party started. They sit down restlessly and shush anyone who sounds too happy about being here. The gray-haired umpire-in-chief of the Tuscarora Fire Elves, Kibler Ernestson, walks up onto the stage. Robed in silky green with a red tweed vest and yellow velvet sash, he speaks in runic, the official language of the High Elves. Madames, mademoiselles, messieurs, ladies, and gentles, fourscore and seven years ago, our ancestors brought forth upon this Tuscarora mountain a new fire elf colony, conceived in hard work and dedicated to the proposition that of all the Claiborne and Vinland, we fire elves are created better. Since then, Shentlepiece City's fire elves have become the leader in nearly every industry, from cookie baking to fashion design, and we have made of this sequoia grove a treetop paradise and a worthy home to the Alfheim gods our ancestors brought to the new world from their citadel deep within Mount Ragnarok. Up here, high above the forest floor, we touch the friendly skies at the break of each new day, and our fingertips tremble with wonder as we reach for something special in the skies. The high elves, who dwell high up in Shentlepiece City, nod with approval at his eloquent flattery. The wood elves, who live on the forest floor below, shuffle in their seats. Few wood elves have the leisure to study runic well enough to grasp his high-flown speech. Umpire Kibler switches to Eldric, their native language, so they can all understand. Neither the High Elves nor the Wood Elves among us are afraid to ask the deeper questions about life, religion, politics, and philosophy, and so, despite the ridiculous tin hat and unfashionable overalls, please welcome the renowned human missionary, Reverend Johnny Appleseed. The High Elves applaud coldly, and the Wood Elves are too intimidated to make any more noise. Johnny Appleseed stands up to shake his hand. Yikes! You're not supposed to stand up next to an umpire in public if you are taller than he is. Look at how short you made him look. Where are your manners? His translator, Dungaree Jean, hisses between clenched teeth. She yanks his hand so hard that Reverend Appleseed tumbles back and flips over his chair. His tattered pant hems and dirty bare feet stick straight up over his head. You see, the truth is that elves were always rather short, despite their schemes to appear otherwise. Contrary to what Professor Tolkien and other prominent historians of elves would have you believe, elves were never taller than humans, even in their so-called golden age. Elf skeletons discovered from archaeology sites dating back to the 13th century reveal that most full-grown elves, like gnomes and dwarves, averaged around four and a half feet in height back then, as they do today. 
To avoid the humiliation of appearing short, umpire Kibler dashes to his chair, but even with Johnny Appleseed sprawled out backwards on the wooden stage, the missionary's long toes, bony ankles, and hairy legs whirling around high in the air nearby have a way of making the proud elf appear small and insignificant. Kibler is not just an umpire among the fire elves, he is the umpire-in-chief over all of Chantelpeace City. And yet, for all his posturing and anxiety, he cannot add an inch to his stature. In the back row, the umpire's daughter, Florence, buries her face in her hands. Florence inherited her mother's dark elf features. As you can guess, in a society where image is everything, standing out from the crowd is not highly esteemed, and umpire Kibler has already spent a lot of his political clout keeping bullies away from his daughter. The umpire-in-chief has many rivals, but not one has ever dared criticize his love and care for Florence. He has always been one of the most devoted fathers an elf could wish for. He attends all Florence's archery tournaments and helps her with her alchemy projects. Every morning he combs through her thick curls, dyed blonde, as is expected of a proper high elf, and he cooks dinner with her after work. For now, poor Florence can only hope this preacher man has something clever to say, or the backlash could spell the demise of her family's political fortunes. A perfect space. Once umpire Kibler is safely back in his seat, Johnny Appleseed calmly rolls around onto his feet, clears his throat, and starts to preach. It's mighty kind of y'all to invite me here to this New Year's Eve party. For Christians, each calendar year starts with the Feast of the Annunciation. On that day, almost 1,300 years ago, an angel appeared to a young girl from Nazareth and started the story of our salvation. Fire Elf Society here is segregated. High Elves on the right, Wood Elves on the left. Johnny Appleseed looks them in the eyes, one after another. Suddenly, he chokes on some phlegm. The Wood Elves look ordinary enough, but the uncanny uniformity among the High Elves strikes him as odd, almost creepy. Except for Florence, the Dark Elf on her mother's side, the High Elves all have light skin, blonde hair, high cheeks, wide foreheads, sculpted chins, pointy ears, celestial noses, and blue, green, or violet eyes. Not a single scruffy or laid-back High Elf in sight. All he sees are overdone hairdos, elegant ball gowns, silk shirt collars, and dapper waistbands. The view is picture-perfect, disturbingly too perfect. Johnny Appleseed hocks up a wad of cud from the back of his throat and attempts to spit it out discreetly behind the polished hardwood stage so no one notices. They do. The elves all gasp and groan. Florence nearly faints. This bumpkin's act is spiraling out of control. She's already lagging in the polls. Her father would take it hard if she loses the upcoming elections for the next umpire-in-chief. She's got to get him off the stage by hook or by crook. Gizzard and mine cleared, Reverend Appleseed resumes his sermon in English, which Dungaree Jean translates into Eldrick with a loud, assertive, and confident voice. It goes something like this. Oh, the Lord is good to me, and so I thank the Lord for giving me the things I need, the sun and the rain and the apple seed. The Lord is good to me. Amen, 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 amen. Johnny Appleseed sings this prayer with amazing enthusiasm. He slaps his knee and stomps his feet in perfect harmony while his hips do a little jig. 
Apparently, the prayer's rhyme scheme gets lost in translation, or something like that, because the elves in the audience just sort of wince. For Johnny Appleseed, that good old-time rhythm lifts his soul towards spiritual realms above. For the high elves, not so much. They purse their lips and roll their eyes, keeping their souls bound to the material world below. Florence bites her nails and rocks back and forth. She looks at her best friend Zena, sitting next to her, and gasps. How can you be giggling like that? He's making my father look ridiculous. Your mother's the one who invited that preacher man. You're supposed to be my best friend. Can't you make him stop? Zena shrugs as if she doesn't care. That's how it goes in the game of politics. As the wood elves say, if you want to look good, just smile. Florence glares. Is that what this is all about? Do you really think that pulling a stunt like this will make you the first umpire-in-chief of wood elf heritage? I'm gorgeous, smart, and athletic. I can pull it off. Oh, really? When my father told me I had to run in the elections, I only wanted to find a way to bow out gracefully. But on second thought, I think it's time for Shentlepiece City to elect its first umpire-in-chief of dark elf heritage. Xena's carefree giggle turns into a sly smile. All right, then. Game on.